Welcome to the Martial Arts Marketing for School Owner Podcast, where professional school owners gather to hear the latest info on how to run their schools like a pro. Join Gus Lopez of Lead Hunter Media and Ali Alberigo of LI Ninjitsu Centers for another episode. Now, here's your hosts, Gus and Ali. This podcast is sponsored by Lead Hunter Media for all your digital marketing needs. Elite Insights, your premier website development company. If you have a vision, we will make it a reality. And taking it to the next level for all your martial arts school coaching needs. Hey, happy Friday. Happy Friday to you as well, man. Can't believe it's Friday. And we're on at a new time now. So this is going to be a this yeah. new time for quite some time, right? Yeah, it's it's uh, 11 a.m. Eastern now. So just an hour earlier. Not not too much of a, a big difference, but we yeah. need to switch up our schedule around here. Well, that's great. Hopefully we'll get a bunch of people to jump on with us. Maybe Maybe we'll get more because maybe the earlier time slot's better for people. It all depends. Yeah. Sure. I've never really found a good uh, way of really tracking that because sometimes I was I would do my own uh, lunchtime chat with Ali. I haven't done it in like three or four years or whatever, three years. But um, when I'd go on at different times, people would just hop right in, you know, so I never knew yeah. what time was the best. Yeah, yeah. it's I, I remember seeing those actually like a yeah. while back. So. <laughs> That's yeah, it, cool. got, it got me in trouble sometimes because my opinion, people didn't like it. Some people didn't like it. Some people did. But uh, yeah. You know, whenever you're opinionated, it's kind of it's kind of tough because, you know, there's always going to be those people that don't agree with you. And then those are the yeah. ones that are going to get mad at you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't please everybody. Right. Especially nope, especially uh, in, in that industry, especially <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. podcast space or any type of, you know, social media type of space that you're in. Yeah, for sure. So awesome. I'm excited about today's topic. I mean, this is something that I've I think we've we've all learned. Um, and maybe some people are still kind of in the beginning stages, but really yeah. actually working um, on, you know, on your business, right? And and yeah. not in your business. So basically what that means is you are actually building a business and, and running a business instead of being a glorified uh, solopreneur, basically, or like a, like almost a freelancer of some sort. So, or, an uh, or an employee of your business. Yeah, or, or a high paying employee, right? Like, right. It, there's people that may be making 10, 20 grand a month in the industry, but they're doing everything themselves and they're, they're stressed out. So, uh, you, you want to get yourself in a position where you have a team, you're, you're making a good profit, and, and also things are running with or without you. And um, that, yeah. that's really going to be the key. Yeah. And, and look, for those that are still a little confused, I, I remember watching um, or reading the book with Rob Kiyosaki. Um, it wasn't Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but it was one of his books. And, and he, I think it was called Cash Flow Quadrants, right? Really mm -hmm. good book if you haven't read it. But he had, um, you know, he had a, a, a piece of paper drawn a line down the middle and a line on the side, right? And he had these categories. And then um, I'll, I'll hold it up in a, you know, uh, in a second, Right. So so if, if you could see this, if you're watching, you know, the, yeah. the square is cut in half. You have four quadrants. Right. The, the top corner is an employee. Right. And then the bottom left is self-employed. And then you have B.O. for business owner and then I investor. Right. So yeah. ultimately, those are your four areas of running a business. Right. And those are where you're going to spend most of your time. 
And the biggest jump is going from an employee to self-employed, but but even harder is going from self-employed to being a business owner, right? Yeah. That's where that's where so, you start to learn how to run your business, right? Yeah, yeah. So so can you can you explain to people, Ali, like in the industry, you've been doing it for thirty years. You've kind of gone through every stage. Like, yeah. can you explain to people what a solopreneur looks like, uh, or, or what a self-employed looks like versus a business? Owner? Yeah. Well, like, um, and by the way, I'm going to fix my chair because for some reason this chair now starts going down as I'm sitting yeah. in it. So it's like, I'm going to lift it up, but it drives me crazy because my daughter just bought me this chair because my old one kept going down. So she bought me a new one for my birthday or whatever it was Christmas. And now, now this yeah. one's starting to do it, but yeah. So, so, you know, you, you get a job, so let's pretend, and this happens a lot in the martial arts, you get a job, you, you get paid to teach for your instructor and mm. you know you teach the classes you do a lot of the different functions that it takes to help run the school but you're yeah. an employee right like you could go home at night shut it off you don't have to deal with the problems if someone's upset the owner has to deal with it if something went wrong or there was a slow month the owner deals with it listen i just get paid to do my job and i do it well i'm an employee right yeah. Then people start to love what they see and they go, you know what? I think I could do this on my own. Most of the time that happens either where the instructor has a great plan in place, the owner to be able to get their employees to turn into owners themselves. And they put this whole entire training program together and start helping them expand their life. But a mm -hmm. lot of times what happens is that that instructor becomes a favorite of the parents and the students. And then those those people start saying, hey, if if, if you open your own school, I would train with you. <laughs> like and I've had that that happen to many of my employees where and, and it's an ego thing where people start going, wow, I feel special. People will train with me and they don't like what, you know, she yeah. on Alley does. You know, they like what I do. And they start thinking like, hey, I could do this all by myself and I'll start it on my own. And I've had that happen to mm -hmm. me many times where people left and they started schools. Um, yeah. And so that's when you become self-employed. Right. So that's the mm -hmm. bottom corner. You know, employee top left, bottom left is self-employed. Um, and uh, so that's great. You just basically gave yourself a job and you're the employee of your company. You do everything. Mm -hmm. You clean yeah. the bathrooms, you fix the toilet paper. And and by the way, I still do a lot of this stuff. Sometimes I do it because I want to. Sometimes I do it because my staff members forgot to. But, you mm -hmm. know, sweeping and cleaning and, you know, filling the toilet paper uh, and uh, paper towels and mopping the floors. And then you're doing all the behind the scenes paperwork you're nothing but an employee of your own business. Like you have no free time, no freedom to do what you yeah. want, right? And, and then ultimately you want to try to get from that section of being self-employed to being the business owner. You have to jump the quadrant. Mm -hmm. And that's why, again, I'll hold it up again. Um, that's why it's hard from going, you know, employee to self-employed, but you got to jump the quadrant to be right. able to go into a totally different realm of being yeah. a business owner, right? And, and another thing that I want to mention is that some people are in the employee and self-employed phase. So like they still have a yeah. job, but then they also are basically started their own, their own business. And now they're doing everything in the business on top of having the job. Right. So, right. And oh, obviously yeah. you, that, mean, you mean like they're working two jobs, they're running, they're working at their old job, plus they're opening their new business. Yes. yes. Oh yeah. So, a lot yeah. of people do that because they're like, hey, I don't know how this new job, this new business is going to work. I got to make sure my mm -hmm. bills are covered so I can feed my family, right? So I'll stay in this job. 
Yeah. And uh, that's a whole nother thing. If you remember to ask me this question later, I'll tell you all about what happened when I finally jumped into it full time. Like, you know, I was nervous too, yeah. um, but uh, we'll talk about it later. But, you know, once you jump in that quadrant and you go from self-employed to business owner, um, the hats totally change, right? Because your ultimate yeah. goal as a business owner is start to learn to share the responsibilities with others that, that are with you. And by the way, it doesn't have to be paid employees. Like for example, I just had a girl who's in my leadership team. She's only 13. She loves teaching. She wants to come in and help. So I said, Hey, come in on Wednesdays. I'm having a problem with one of the other staff members that can't make it in as much. They have some health related issues. They run a second company that they work for on their own, mm -hmm. that they're employees of their company. They're self-employed. Um, and uh, so I had her come in because I want to teach her to take the weight off of me. So when she came in for her first day on Monday, I started with, okay, the minute you get in, this is what you yeah. do. And we have a, we have an opening procedure. We have a closing procedure right on our software and um, it's in called playbooks. It's a new feature that actually spark just released. And um, mm. I showed her what I wanted to do, how I wanted to greet the kids and the parents and all that stuff, because I'm, taking that job off my plate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's awesome. important. And and that happens with everything, whether it be the maintenance of the building, whether it be mm -hmm. the uh, cleaning, whether it be the, you know, the teaching, all of those responsibilities have yeah. to be delegated. All right. So, so let's, let's start, um, let's start kind of from the bottom up. Right. So let's right. just say that um, you are, but from like the very bottom, you're an employee, you work a job, but mm -hmm. you also have started your martial arts school. So now you're doing right. two jobs. So right. how, like what type of things do you recommend that school owners delegate when they're in that like really tough position where they're like kind of, they, ha they literally have no time. Like they're working right. right 80 hours a week type of thing, right? So like, how do you recommend people, what do you recommend people delegate during well, those times? Well, the, the first thing that I recommend for people to do is to learn what's called time management and goal setting. And that's mm -hmm. so important. Like so many people that I coach, that I talk to, that I know of that run schools, they are overwhelmed with too much stuff on their plate. But mm -hmm. it also is kind of self-induced, right? It's like by by what by the way they run their business and run their schedule. They're not doing, you know, they're not doing what they can to maximize their time and minimize the effort in. So for yeah. example, I, I urge people to take this test. And I think I've even done it with you way back when, where you mm -hmm. should, you should journal everything you do from the minute you wake up till the minute you go to sleep for mm -hmm. seven, at minimum seven days, right? Because, you know, it should probably be 14 days because after you're, you're, off guard your seven days you're yeah. you're really watching what you're doing and you're paying attention more than you ever did and you're being diligent about getting tasks done that you never did so i say two weeks starts to show your habit stream and how you do so i would journal right and then i would categorize all your activities and i mean journal everything from you know uh waking up in the morning what is your first thing you know like i wake up and normally my and in fact my business partner texted me like 715 you up and i'm like yeah and then, you know can we talk and i'm like oh come on man like i normally get at least yeah. an hour and a half of just sitting in bed studying my japanese i answer text messages i you know do banking on my phone mm -hmm. but i'm not the guy that jumps out of bed and sits at the desk because i could be here all day and night you know like it's a long yeah. day 
So I try to delegate and, and do certain things at certain times. So I know what I'm doing and I have a certain list of things that I need to get done on a daily basis. And so I recommend people to journal, right? And the journaling is more like, okay, I woke up, I spent 20 minutes in the bathroom. You don't need to write down the details of what went on, you know, right? But sometimes we get caught up, right? You know, you get caught yeah. up on watching your phone, sitting there on, in the bathroom, wasting time. It's almost like I read a, a, a thing recently where why so many guys spend time in the bathroom and it takes <laughs> them so long. It's because they're trying to get some me time, free time. Yeah. Right. Without any interruption. No one's supposed to bother you while you're in there. Um, so they're doing other things. But but that happens quite often where people get caught mm -hmm. up in these things and they stay and they waste so much time on that activity. So anyway, you want to write down everything you do from morning to night till the minute you wake up from the minute the minute you put your head down on the pillow. Write down everything. I mean, like in detail what you did mm -hmm. and how much time you spent on it. Right. After you've done that for, let's say, a week minimum two weeks maximum you should go in and then highlight out the activities with different colors and you say like okay marketing right that'll be blue so go through your entire two weeks and highlight all the areas of where you marketed your school right yeah. and cleaning highlight that in yellow and management and growing your team maybe red right and then you look back on that stuff and you say okay how am i how am i doing and what am i focused on and we'll mm -hmm. find that we are not doing as much as we think we are. And we're overwhelmed with a lot of things that are not real, right? They're not, they're not there. Um, and, you know, we're like, oh my God, I have no time for anything. Well, meanwhile, I had done this with another client of mine where we did journaling and we, you know, I work all day and I work all night. And I, you know, I work from the morning to the night and I mm -hmm. rest a little and I go to the dojo and it turned out that they really weren't doing much time, maybe an hour during the day. What else yeah. are you doing? Oh, I was watching a little TV. I was reading another book. I was having lunch. Mm -hmm. Okay, but you're not doing what you thought you were. You're overwhelmed with stuff that's like relaxing. Yeah. Right? Because you think it's work or you thought you were working, right? So once you kind of figure out what you're doing, you could start to now delegate some of those responsibilities. Like let's say you spent five hours a week cleaning the bathrooms. Maybe you could give that to a staff member. You know, maybe you spent five hours a week on checking the billing. Maybe maybe your program manager can handle that for you and just give you an overall picture at the end of the week. This is what's going on. Yeah. You know, so figuring out first what you do, that, that's like a golden nugget if anybody ever got one at all. And this happens to CEOs of companies, millionaires even, that they just get caught up in the day-to-day -day and they're not getting done what they could be if they were more organized and knew how to manage their time. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, and I also think like, number one, people focus on the wrong things. And um, exactly that, that and, and just because you're busy doesn't mean that you're productive. So you have mm -hmm. to also, like, analyze like what you're actually doing. Is it effective? Should I should you be spending your time doing this? Or should yeah. you just pay somebody to do it? Like, right? Um, I think for me personally, um, I just like, when I used to go grocery shopping, which I don't I don't do anymore. I would spend like, and an, you know, like 15 minutes driving over there, 15 minutes driving back. Then I would be in the grocery store. Then I would have to find all the products. Right. And, uh, and it would take like three hours to go grocery shopping, which it, it doesn't seem like a lot, but it, it, in the scheme of things, it is a lot. Now they have things like um, curbside, which basically that you just go pick the stuff up and they, they right. pick everything out for you. And like, so there's, or you can have Instacart, which I used to do back in the day when I was, when I was single, 
is uh, but they would just bring it to your door. Yeah. So, so that's, that's another thing. So you just have to find like, number one, if you're wasting time, like that's the first thing you would eliminate all those things. Yeah. If you are doom scrolling on social media, like if you're spending an hour doing this, like those are the first things you shouldn't eliminate. But then after that, you, you say, okay, how can I actually maximize my time even further? Yeah. So like, what do I need to delegate? What do I need to add? What do I need to focus on type of thing? So those, those are kind of would be the sequences that, that I have taken personally to kind of start optimizing those things. Yeah. And by the way, here's a good thing that you don't always necessarily, if you're able to eliminate a task because you've delegated that task to someone else, you could either one, focus on new, more important things that you've been putting off. Or two, you could, if you don't need to do that, you could then take that time to relax and live your life. Because quality of life is, it's like nowadays, it's like work, 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 strive to be mm-hmm. rich and famous and make money and have the nice things in life. And then you end up looking back on your life like me, I'm 59 years old. I'm like, I don't want to work for another 25 years every day. And, and like I am now. Um, although I do have a pretty blessed life where I could do what I want when I want and and so on. But I, I structured my life to be that way. Right. Mm-hmm. And I had to have some real conscious thought about what I wanted to do. How many days a week did I want to work? And, you know, there were always some pros and cons. Sometimes if I don't go in on a Tuesday and Thursday um, in my dojo, I probably could go in and, and you know, it would be better maybe if I was there. Um, yeah. But I decided that I'd rather be home with the family, relaxing, enjoying my time because life isn't getting longer. It's getting shorter. Yeah. Right. So you want to enjoy yourself. So anyway, back to the quadrants. Right. So I'll hold that chart up again you know there's that business owner right here and then we go to the bottom bottom right which is investor now what does that mean like you know it doesn't mean that you're into stocks it doesn't mean that you're you know you're buying all sorts of stuff and um but it does mean that you're starting to think now of what you want to have in your future right so Maybe you build build a real estate empire. I have a client that I helped him get into real estate. He's been with me for a long time. And now he built up this you know big investment area in real estate where he technically, if he had to, he could just sell his dojo and work from and do just have the income coming in from the real estate. And by the way, it's not all that much to do. Like once they're up and running and the rental units are paying. You're not doing a lot other than minor repairs or if someone moves out and or they don't pay their rent. But I mean, it's kind of self-sufficient in a way, like there's not a lot of maintenance on it. And uh, so that's one area or, you know, hey, listen, maybe invest in a business like I've always tried. There's a bagel place up the corner from me that I've been going to since I was in junior high elementary school. Like we're talking 45 years ago. They've been there that long. They've changed hands many times. But the last time that they were opening, I went in and like many times I was leaving my card. I said, if you're looking for a partner and an investor, let me know. I'd be very interested, but they never got back to me or talked to me. Maybe they never got the message, right? Because some employee (laughs) was just tossing it in the trash. But, you know, you want to try to maybe invest in alternate solutions. Maybe, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, invest in micro loans and give, if you have some money in the bank, give some micro loans out to people and make charge an interest rate or whatever it is. There's a million opportunities out there. Have an Etsy store and like my daughter does, and she makes custom phone cases that are gorgeous. And she makes a little side living on that. Mm. 
Like, yeah, so you want to start thinking like, when can you become the investor? And you want to jump in and out of those categories, business owner, investor, business owner, investor. Sometimes you'll be dragged back into being self-employed, but then you got to retrain, yeah. redo, fix, hire someone new and stay in those two quadrants of business owner and investor. And um, mm -hmm. you'll shift your personality and what you do. Like now all of a sudden you're going to train your instructors versus training the students. Yeah. Okay. Right. So that that's great. So let, let's talk about um, from let's say kind of self-employed to business mm -hmm. owners. So what is, what does that transition look like? Well, going from self-employed to employee, like to, uh, to a business owner, was the hardest because now you're starting to take your time, and you mm -hmm. have to learn how to be an owner, right? How to manage people, how to um, train people, you know, what to do. And, and by the way, I've made, I'm sure a ton of mistakes on this. You know, I was too hard. I was too soft. I gave too much money away. I didn't give enough money away. Like if you talk to all past employees and, you know, past black belts of mine, I'm sure a lot of them will have negative things that they could say about me in some way. He was too hard on me. He expected too much of me. Um, so yeah. I learned along the way, you know, and you have to, go to courses and read books on management and read books on being an owner and learning how to train that level because you're never able to be able to step away from being that self-employed person to the business owner side unless you have good people under you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So and then you have to build a future for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I think and that's like really the hardest part, right? I think like yeah. the first part of it is letting go. So yeah. You know, thinking that you can do everything yourself. I mean, you sure can, but it's it's not very productive and it's not very scalable, right? So you want to get to a point where you have to figure out what you need to delegate. And then from there, the hard part is hiring people, training them, being a good leader, um, developing that aspect of it. And then from there, it's um, once they're actually on board, it, it's actually managing the team, right? Can, right. can you uh, elaborate on like, you know, some of the stuff that they or that what that transition looks like for people. Yeah, well, so I, I could go on and on for hours just on this one yeah. particular topic, right? Because I've had hundreds and hundreds of employees over my 33 years of running schools, whether it be mm -hmm. teachers and program managers, assistants and bookkeepers and accountants and, you know, all of that stuff. But um, yeah, I, I think that the first most important step would be to say, okay, what are the, I, I would... Go here's another thing you know about this list. It's called the I hate list and I love list, right? And we talk about this. I have it in my book, The Five Gateways to Happiness. That's on my bookshelf yeah. back there. And um, it's basically just putting a list together of all the things that you hate and then putting a list together of all the things you love, right? And just write them down. And then that would be maybe I hate about my business um, when I have to clean the toilets, when I have to mop mm -hmm. the floors, when I have to dust the shelves and, you know, clean the windows, or when I have to deal with an employee who's not showing up or that misunderstood what I meant when I said you're supposed to come in and work from four to six, you know, like I had yeah. an employee that I just had to cut back on their hours who I love. He's one of my friends and he's been with me forever, but I had to cut him back because like in between classes, we only have like a 10 minute break between classes but mm -hmm. as that break is going on one class leaves another one comes in um this guy was taking a break mm -hmm. and and i i had to explain to him you can't take a break you should be preparing the other kids that are coming in like yeah. you don't go to a job you know and work for four hours a night and get four breaks 
right? Mm-hmm. Like if you worked at a company, you wouldn't get a break until you were done with your four hour shift and then you'd get a lunch yeah. break. And then you might get one other break for 20, 10 minutes, 20 minutes during the day if a company is generous, right? But if not, you're being paid to work straight through. So I had to explain to him, mm-hmm. listen, I need you to be there. You, I, if I need to step away, that's fine. I'm the owner. Yeah. But you need to be waiting, greeting, talking, sitting on the bench, getting them ready for the class, tying his shoes, dismissing. Mm-hmm. Like you're working from the minute you get into the minute you leave. And if you can't handle that, I get it. Then you're not the right guy. I used, I used to have a guy who was this big six foot two MMA fighter, you know, and uh, man, he'd teach a half an hour class with my little warriors and he'd need to go out to his <laughs> car and have a slice of pizza and decompress. I'm like, dude, you need to either suck it up or this yeah. is not working out. Right. You can't yeah. I can't be worried where you went trying to figure out that you're decompressing because you had a half hour. You know, yeah. it's stressful. It might have been a stressful half hour because kids could be stressful. But at the same yeah. time, you got to learn how to work through it all. Right. So yeah. for, so my answer to you, first thing is to figure out what you don't like and then try to delegate that to others. And if you have no one to delegate, start building what I call a leadership team. Um, and then start training them on aspects of how you run your business, how to greet people at the door, how to sign kids in for attendance, how to what you do when they need to go to the bathroom or how to tie their belt or whatever it is. Those yeah. are all things now that would be taken off your plate. As a school owner, if you're the only guy there, you're doing all that simultaneously yeah. and teaching. Well, you, all you need is one or two helpers and they don't have to be adults. They could be young kids from 10 years old on up to 15 or 16. And they could really make your life easy if you train them well. But mm-hmm. trust me, you have to train them because if you don't, they will pick yeah. up bad habits and they will do what they feel they should do. Like when they don't have direction, they're going to do what they think they should do. And that's probably mm-hmm. be lazy because that's what they know best because they've never learned anything else. Yeah. And that's another thing, right? That That's the hard part is actually training people, but then having the right systems to to make sure yeah. that they can perform. And then obviously just being a, the, the management side of it, right? Like motivating right. people, getting them to do what they're supposed to be doing, um, you know, and, and really just leading, leading the team. And I think ultimately building a good culture, right? Making sure that uh, you have kind of that structure where people are excited and motivated. And that's kind of an ongoing thing. It's not just like, Hey, like you can self train yourself or self motivate yourself. Like you're, you're the yeah. one that has to be doing that. Yeah. And, and forget that. Like, you know, you, that's another thing I would say expectations are a big downfall for many school owners or owners or business owners, right? When mm-hmm. they expect their employees to act like they did when they were employees. But that's their the employees are not going to do that because that's why you're moved up to being self-employed. Because mm-hmm. you were a go-getter, you were on top of things, you were a producer, right? And you were able to get things done. So not every employee is going to be like that. Like I'll give you an example. This is just just to show, and sometimes I shake my head. I'm like, what is happening? Like, what are people thinking? So I have one of my guys, he's sweeping up my dojo, cleans up. And, you know, we have that little push broom that goes into the tray and the tray is filled with dust and wood chips from my mulch in the yard and a paper towel and and some food and a cup. And uh, he gets all done sweeping it up. He opens the door and dumps it right in front of the door, like right (laughs) in front of the door. Right. What's going to happen? People are going to walk on it. It's going to get dragged right back in. Plus, it looks like crap that it's (laughs) in front of my door. So I'm like, uh, you know, so-and-so, did, did you do that? He's like, yeah, why? I shouldn't have. I'm like, are you really asking me that question? Like, honestly, like in my mind, I'm going, are you 
freaking kidding me. Like, but, but in his mind, he's like, he doesn't know any better. Now yeah. it could be that he does know better and he's being lazy, but I know this kid and that's not the case. Um, mm -hmm. uh, it could be that he's really stupid and he just doesn't get it. But with this particular kid, he's not, he's very bright and smart. Yeah. So, so what is it? It's lack of someone telling him what to do. Like there's a, that old saying that you and I have used so many times before is like, you, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Right. And I always thought I went to a military training uh, for handgun and long gun training. Um, and the, the instructor who's an ex seal or ex army ranger said that saying, you don't know what you don't know. And I'm like, hmm, that's kind of weird. That doesn't make sense. And then he says, well, how, how would you know if you've never learned it? Right. Like if no one yeah. ever said, Hey, so-and-so don't throw the dirt in the front of the building. Cause it's going to get dragged right back in. And by the way, it looks terrible when people come up, um, yeah. you know, if, if in his limited mindset, he couldn't produce that as a thought to say, this is not a smart thing to do. And that's not mm. bad. You know, it's just who he is, right? Yeah. Then I should have explained like I, and that's what systems are. You, you sweep up, you go with the dustpan into the little tray, and then you put that in the garbage. For some people, they might go, come on, you know, I'm not an idiot, right? <laughs> but then for others and a good majority of others, that makes sense. Like they, that they need to be taught that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and it it just depends too, like what stage you are. Like, I remember when I, when I started working, I didn't, I didn't know what to do. Like I needed right. to have like a, like a proper workflow structure, stuff like that. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think it's, um you have, I think that's the first thing, right? You have to set a clear workflow, like clear guidelines, but also yeah. you have to be able to kind of provide that ongoing support, that ongoing motivation right. for them. And uh, yeah, overall that, that structure and, and yeah. there will be times where you provide a lot of structure and they're still like, they, they, they seem like they would need more, but it's really, sometimes it's just about, they need to perform with right. the structure as well, yeah. if that makes sense. So yeah, it totally makes sense. And also in addition to what you just said is sometimes we train and it's short lived, right? So mm -hmm. Gus, I'm going to train you on these five functions. Okay, great. Let's sit down. We'll go over it. Here's the paperwork. Okay, you got it? Yeah, I got it. Okay, good. Do it. And then I walk away. Like, I'll give you a perfect example. My And and I don't learn that well that way. My guitar instructor um, that I was, I, I'm not doing lessons right now with him. I'm actually working with a different person um, because uh, the way he was teaching me was just didn't work with me. Like, he'd give me a lesson. I had a week to learn it and practice it and get great at it in his eyes. Um, no matter how difficult it was, you know, cause he's a virtuoso, he could play anything. Right. Um, yeah. But for me, it, it would take more time. Like I, I always in my life needed to work hard. Like I couldn't, one guy, um, I, I would get jealous of people. They'd learn a move and they get it in two or three times and then have it down. But it would mm -hmm. take me 20, 30, 40 times. But once I got that move, I had it. Yeah. It was my own. Right. But my brain processes differently. So so people need to practice it and be reviewed, practice it more and be reviewed. Mm -hmm. And you're constantly watching them until you finally can walk away with confidence saying they finally have this system down because yeah. people will always revert back to what they're best at. And I've had this happen with program managers where they learn my way. And then when I don't watch them, they start doing it their way. Yeah. And now now the system is different. It's not what I wanted. It might be okay, but it's not going to be the way I did it. It's almost like in McDonald's, if every had their own everyone had their own interpretation of how much ketchup and mustard and mayo 
uh, and onions to put on the bun, every hamburger would taste differently. So sometimes people would like it. Sometimes people would hate it. And you can't build a mm. multi-billion dollar business that way. Like I remember back when I used to eat that stuff, I would go um, to Japan and get a burger. It was exactly like I would get in Long Island. Yeah. Right? Because they have a system like you squeeze the bottle and only so much ketchup comes out and then they move the bun and you put on the cheese mm-hmm. and they move the bun and you put on the onions and they're pre-cut. Like it's not yeah. an interpretation. It's just the right amount. It's like when you go to like a Subway. I don't know if you have them by you Subway sandwich. Yeah, yeah, we do. But they'll only, you know, how much, what kind of cheese? I'll take mozzarella. They One slice, two slices, boom, that's mm-hmm. it. Because, you know, by the way, one, two, if someone was being over generous with giving out food, um, your profit margin could drop quite dramatically as well. Yeah. So like your food costs could go up. So it's no different in your business, in your dojo. You know, how you teach a front kick, how you teach the block, how you motivate, words that you use. You know, all mm. of that is super important. <laughs> yeah, and I, I agree. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, there's so many things about it, right? I think like the McDonald's example that you used at, yeah. at the beginning, they, they had, it was very simple. Like they had a very simple menu but the great thing about it is that it was, like you said, a one set thing every time. Like we yeah. already had the systems. I don't know if you ever saw that that movie, Founders, that uh-huh. McDonald's movie, yeah. uh, where that's basically where it all started, how it all happened. They had yeah. a, a a system, even the way that they walked or the way that they they put certain condiments on, on specific things. Right. So exactly. Um, so I, I think that's for sure having having systems is going to be number one is going to help you make things faster. But mm-hmm. number two is going to help your team from not making mistakes when right. they because it, it's so easy. Like if you don't provide your team with structure, they're going to make a lot of mistakes. Right. So right. there needs to be a, a what do we call it? SOPs, right? Like right. Some Standard operating procedures, yeah. right? Yeah. So so that's that's really we started having a lot of those. So. You know, you get to a point where it's you, you figure out what you need to delegate, you you figure out what people you need to hire, you hire them, and then now you have to provide them with training, structure, yeah. SOPs. And then eventually you want to get to a point where that the system is just running, the ship right. is just running without you. And you have yeah. to be able to kind of delegate those things. Well, you want to have highly trained, highly qualified, highly in, in you know, high integrity people working for you, right? Mm-hmm. That's not easy these days. Just think about the process of getting your driver's license, right? You know how many people are out? You probably drive around all the time going, what an idiot. Like, what is this person doing? Like, I say that in my head like a thousand times that I'm on the road, right? And yeah. I have to, we have a saying, my daughter and I, we go, wow, they're really unique, right? Like, rather than blowing up and exploding and being upset, we're like, wow, that's a unique individual. But like the other day, I had a guy, he was on his cell phone, which is illegal, right? You know, and but people mm-hmm. do it, you know it. And if unless you get caught and you get a ticket, um, but he was like literally in the middle of the lane. Like, so he was on the line as it was traveling down the middle of his car while talking yeah. on a cell phone, like not even aware, cognizant yeah. of what he was doing. So think about that process. Like all you have to do is pass some basic moves, you know, ba- like a minimum of stuff to be able to mm. say that guy's safe. He could be on the road, right? And, yeah. and they could be so far from safe. It's a nightmare and scary, right? What goes on out there on the road? So like if we had a standard, like a real standard, like and and um, you know, 
my dad, when he first taught me how to drive, we would go out in the snow and we'd go to the parking lot down by the beach and he'd take me into slides and, you mm -hmm. know, drive and hit the brake, emergency brake, and my car would spin around and he'd teach me how to get out of it. He was a cop. He yeah. did a lot of defensive driving. But I mean, that was some great skills because I can't tell you how many times I saved my life by knowing how to turn out of the spin in the snow or whatever, mm -hmm. on the ice or whatever. And um, so, like you said, there are standard operating procedures, but there's a level of quality that we're always looking for that we need to have in order to keep our school successful and happy and people, clients happy and people growing and getting better. Yeah, and I think another thing is, uh, and I've seen a lot of people do this, they just kind of blame their employees for stuff. Mm -hmm. But when you're a business owner, like everything's your fault. Right. It doesn't matter like if, if an employee does something to, to hurt the business, it can maybe not just be an accident or not intentional. Like, yeah, you could blame them, but it's it's still you that's losing money. Right. So you, you need to be able to kind of learn how to provide them with, with the basic structure. Right. And from there, enforcing that motivation. And then if they still don't perform at that point, then you get rid of them and you hire somebody yeah. else that's that's more capable. Yeah, you can only give people like, for example, one of my other clients, I always mention clients, I try not to mention their name, but if they're listening, they're probably going to shake their head and go like, wow, that was true. He had someone that he hired and um, she, for whatever reason, she hadn't been in the workforce for the last 25 years. She had some health issues. I forget it was what it was like MS or something like that. So she really didn't go to school that much. She didn't really have work experience, Yeah, but she was a great person and well-spoken. And, you know, so he hired her, but man, you know, she would spell words wrong and, and she didn't mm -hmm. prove her work. And even though that he would catch it constantly and have to correct her, she didn't have the aptitude for that particular job. It was just pretty obvious that she would have been better being like a person who was putting parts together or maybe working yeah. in daycare or something like that, where her personality was the real important thing and dealing with mm -hmm. people. So he, he waited and waited and waited and he was much quicker than I probably would have been. And he said, I'm gonna have to let you go. And he did, but I would have been the guy that's always like, you know, hey, maybe I could retrain them and help them. And they're good <laughs> yeah. people, they need a job. Like I've talked about this before. I once hired a guy who um, was a, par a parent of a kid a biker looking dude with the biker vest, long hair, beard, you know, the whole, you know, biker look, if you could think about what a biker in your eyes would look like, he met all the criteria. And him and I were talking one day while I was waiting for the class to start. And, and he was like, you know, oh man, yeah, my wife just left me. I don't have any money. I'm out of work. I'm, you know, I'm depressed. I'm sad. I'm starting to drink yeah. a little. I'm like, Hey, <laughs> do you need a job? I'm like, <laughs> I hired him. I, I, I like what oh, what is wrong with me right but he did work with me for a long time but one time he said to me the reason why I don't quit is because you won't fire me and I'm like <laughs> meaning like he hated the job he didn't do it well but he never quit because it was a job and I wasn't getting yeah. on him enough to him you know to fire him so he just stayed in the job as long as he could until I finally decided that we needed to part ways which is probably two three years way too long so yeah. like, you know, you got to be quick to let that go. Uh, Sensei or Sabinim Her Her uh, Herb Perez, um, who's uh, been on our podcast before, he wrote, things that don't have a test or qualification, becoming a parent, driving on the highway, using social media, opening a dojo, dancing, singing, right? That's so true. Like you just do it, right? And, yeah. and that's it. There's no real qualifications, especially for a dojo. 
You know, that's why we see a lot of people that are not good instructors. They do bad things. They do damage to the students. And, and you know, I think it's it's uh, scary. But then again, yeah. how do you have a litmus test or any kind of test for a dojo that all the styles are different and systems are different, teaching methods are different? How do you really quantify or qualify that? Yeah, and, and that's very interesting. And yeah, I, I think, you know, I've made that mistake also is letting people stay on for longer than they should. And, and you know, I mean, if, if I like we have like kind of similar personalities, Ali, where, where we're like really... Um, you know, sometimes we feel for people, we want to help people, yeah. like that's that's kind of in our nature. But at the end of the day, like when you run a business, you have to do what's best for the business and right. just remove your, your emotions out of it. So that's hard uh, though, because I think in general, martial art teachers of of one profession, martial art teachers happen to be those people that are always looking for the best in everyone. Right. I mean, yeah. it's hard. Um, Sensei Perez uh, also said uh, the Tao of Pooh, right? Winnie the Pooh, right? Uh, can't nail a warped board and expect it to stay down, right? Because the warped board is always going to find its way up and be warped. Yeah. It might come down a little, but um, and for a little bit of time or temporarily until it finds its way up again. So he's right. You can't change certain people. But um, yeah. You're right, though, Gus. And like as a martial artist, I'm always looking for the best in people. Like I know, you know, they... I know they don't do mean, mean, well, uh, bad things, but you know, they're doing bad things, but they don't mean it. Let's try to change them and teach them the morals and the integrity. But I'm, I've learned lately to be able to be a lot quicker um, to make decisions. Like I just recently had a parent that was mad at me. It's just blows me away. His two kids were on our demo team and they were in my leadership team and they went to tournaments. Yeah. And then we have an awards dinner at the end of the year where everybody who gains enough points gets awards for top competitor mm -hmm. or, um, or, uh, a, you know, grand champion competitor. And yeah. so, uh, and it's not a cheap event, you know, it's like 85, 90 bucks per person per ticket. That includes the award and the dinner and the night of fun, like a good five hours of fun, mm -hmm. but he refused to go. And then when it was all over, like two months later, he approached me, he approached me and he said, I, I want my kids award. And I'm like, well, what award? We don't even have an award because we order the awards based on who's coming to the dinner because they're freaking expensive. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. She was like, well, I, I think it's a scam that you just want us to pay for the dinner to get the award. And I'm like, I tried to, of course, explain like, listen, it's a it's an experience to receive the award, come up on stage, everyone applauds mm -hmm. for you, pictures are taken, you come to the group with your own dojo and you're proud of each other, it's a camaraderie thing. Nah, it's a scam. And if I and you go, if I don't get my award for my kids, I'm pulling them out of the dojo when our contract <laughs> is up. So I said to him, when would you like your contract to be up? He said, what do you mean? I, I think it ends in May or June. I said, how about tomorrow? How about that? <laughs> and he's like- yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, good. I said, okay, I hate to see you go, which I don't hate because um, <laughs> yeah. the kids were hard to teach and he was hard to deal with at times and, and so on. But at the same time, um, I was like, okay, it's, it's time to go. Cause I don't want to have that negativity around me. Mm -hmm. So I'm a little quicker to just accept the fact like these people got to go, but it took me years of practice and I'm still not the best at it. Yeah, no. And, and that's good. I mean, employees is one thing, right. And then you also have customers, which is yeah. a big thing, right? Yeah. And uh, so th those are definitely, you know, you want to get yourself in a position where you, you can choose who you want to work with yeah. and what you want to deal with. But yeah. I think in terms of the leadership aspect of it, like I said, you have to be the one to set the example, set the standard. And um, 
yeah, you have to take responsibility for everything that's going on, right? If something right. got messed up or didn't happen, like it, it's your fault to prevent it or fix it or get rid of the person if you need to. And, and yeah, like I said, it, it's hard sometimes when you, especially when you first start a business and you haven't really hired, uh, hired people or fired people, it, it's tough. Right. I remember when I had to fire somebody for the first time, it was, it was, I was kind of draining it. I was pulling it out for like another few weeks, dragging it along. And then eventually I just had to do it because we just couldn't go on like that anymore. So yeah, it, it's a hard thing to do, but uh, you know how they say it's uh, uh hire slow, fire fast type of thing. Yeah, so. exactly. I, I think that's a big one. And then two, we're a lot of times where we're stuck in the, I need, I need an employee. Mm-hmm. I need someone bad. Like I got to hire someone. So like, we'll take the bare minimum. It's like all of us that we need students, you know, and we'll take any student that says, Hey, I want to mm-hmm. sign up. I, you know, I'm a troublemaker. I steal anything I get my hands on. I'm going <laughs> to cause you aggravation, make your hair turn gray and really a lot of stress in your life. And I'm like, okay, where do you want to, what program would you like to sign up at? Cause we're always striving to get people. And I've learned with that too, where I just recently had a few people that I turned away. They're like, well, we really can't commit. You know, we're mm-hmm. always going away. And he does five other activities. I said, this just absolutely does not like seem like the program for you. She's like, really? I yeah. go, yeah, you have too much going on. You're not going to get the benefits that you want. And he's going to eventually quit anyway, because the benefits are not there. He's going to get yeah. bored and he's not going to progress, you know? So why bother jumping in now and wasting all that money? I mean, I don't mind taking your money if you want to just give me yeah. money for nothing. But um, integrity wise, I'm like, I don't think it's the right thing for you to do. Mm-hmm. And- so let's talk at the last, we have the last, you know, we have less than 15 minutes left and we talked about burnout. Right. Yeah. Now, everything that we just discussed in this last, you know, you know, hour, uh, 40, 40 minutes. Right. Um, Is to prevent burnout, delegating, you know, um, learning how to fire people that are not working for you, hiring the right people, you know, knowing how to set systems up to build your staff. So you're not there seven days a week, all day and all night. You know, I used to get my dojo 930 in the morning and leave at 930 at night. I mean, I lived there and it was like, I lived there where I even had a room where I had a bed where I could take a nap and, you know, like a, you know, a a futon and, you know, because I was there so much. Right. But nowadays I do most of my work from home. I take a nap around two o'clock for a half hour. I wake up and I drive to my dojo and I'm there from like three fifteen to like maybe seven, ten, seven twenty. And um, I leave before my adult class is fully completed. I teach us a little bit of the class. And then I say, okay, Renshi Ryan's going to work with you guys on everything else. And then some days if I don't feel like going in, I don't go in. Like I'm trying, I have a tournament this weekend. We have yeah. like 400 competitors going to the tournament. So I'm going to probably take Saturday morning to sleep in, but I'm not sure yet. Um, and I know that won't be great for my uh my uh, employee that he works super hard, but he's a lot younger than me. So I'm hoping that he's not going to, burnout but late i think you uh you cut off there a little bit uh maybe we'll have them we'll have them back let us let us know if you could hear hear him here but yeah we can uh go ahead and wait for ality jump back and then if not we can definitely close it out i think we covered a lot of great topics here in terms of actually hiring people. But like I said, you want to get to a point where eventually you're an actual business owner and you have your time organized. Oh, there we go. I think we have you back now. 
right. So actually, I in my yeah. side, I was live moving around, and you were frozen. But obviously, it was frozen. But I'm okay. I'm I'm back. Okay. Yeah, I'm not so sure. I don't know we what I said. I, I read that Sensei Herb Perez said that he has the same schedule as me, including the nap. And uh, he said, choose mm-hmm. your clients, choose your community. He selects the parents that he wants to work with, which I think yeah. is important. But um, let me add one other thing on to burnout. And by the way, I've been doing this for 33 years. So there are times where burnout becomes more prevalent. In other mm-hmm. words, like going on vacation. And, you know, taking a break, you might come back and be recharged for like nine months, a year, and you're motivated, right? Then as you've been doing it longer and longer, that vacation only motivates for you for like a month, two days, five, a week, right? Like, so it it takes a lot more to stay motivated, not because of, um, you know, that you hate what you do, but it's just complacency breeds contempt, like you get bored, and like the average, you know, in 1950, the average woman would work to 68 or they would retire and start collecting Social Security around 68. But mm-hmm. people worked a lot less back then and retired a lot earlier than they do now. So poor people now are working and they just raised, I think I heard the Social Security age now, which I didn't. I yeah. heard that. I don't know if it's true. I have to look at it. It but is I'm, true. Yeah. It is yeah. true. What age? They were like, oh, life expectancy is going up, so we have to raise. I don't remember what, what senator said this, but it was, dude, I don't know if they right raised it already. As we they, talk, I'm going to look it up. Yeah. And uh, But but to me, though, yeah, so what? So we live longer, might as well make us work harder and longer, <laughs> right? Like, So what yeah. is the age for Social Security now? Let's look it up, but... Um, retirement age, uh, I'm gonna have to go through like 35 different private companies that want to, yeah, so it says uh 67, I think. Yeah, it used to be 65, no, it was 65, but you could retire early at 62. Um, you could start collecting, but you get less, and then now, or, or it's 67 now. So I'm still gonna yeah. get it as early as I can. Like, I don't care if I get less money, I want to enjoy that money that I get while I'm alive mm-hmm. versus getting it and then dying and no one gets it. Right. So yeah. anyway, long story short burnout, right? So we tend to get burnt out a lot easier when we're tired and mm-hmm. when we're overworked and when we're not enjoying the process. So my advice to everyone, and then you could give your advice, Gus, is that you need to keep yourself motivated and excited about what you're doing and learn to appreciate the things in life that you that are important, that are good, right? Mm-hmm. There's so many stars and celebrities and musicians that end up committing suicide or overdosing because they're not happy with everything they have. There's something within them that's an emptiness. And yeah. that emptiness, no matter what they have, you know, six different, you know, McLarens and Lamborghinis and Ferraris, right? And a gorgeous house and models and supermodels and money in the bank, um, the freedom to do what they want, there's an in, in, internal thing that they're unhappy with. And we have to learn mm-hmm. to discover what that's all about. Learn yeah. to find out what it is that makes us tick and makes us happy. And I know that I love being with my family. I love spending time with them. I love spending time at my home. I love going to my house in Florida yeah. and enjoying time there. Like, um, But it, a lot of it has nothing to do with money. It has to do with knowing what I appreciate and what I enjoy and doing more mm-hmm. of it. You had said to me, Ali, when are you buying that Corvette? And every time I pass yeah. it and I see it, I'm like, I, I would, I'd like that Corvette. Um, but I say to myself, like, I, I know me personally that that will only make me happy for maybe a few months, if that. Yeah, like, I mean, you know what I mean, 
Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, even like for me, I mean, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, I bought the Corvette and, and it made me happy for like a month or two. And then I was like, ah, okay. Like now whatever. I got a Corvette. I got a Corvette. <laughs> what else could I get? Yeah. Right? And, and same thing, you know, same thing moving to this new place, you know, it, it's cool, but I'm like, oh, like I'm already used to it. So it's like, yeah. you know, I think the, the reason why a lot of people aren't happy is just the way that they're living. Like they're, they're unhealthy. They're not eating right. They're not sleeping right. They're not exercising. It's just a lot of, mainly a lot of it is just basic stuff. And, um, yeah. And I feel bad for people in general because the things that you mentioned, they don't eat right. Well, that's because society is bombarding their brains with eat crap mm -hmm. all the time. They don't sleep well because they're stressed out because of money and everything is so expensive. Yeah. And, you know, we're caught in this rat race of trying to be keep up with the Joneses and all that. Um, there's a lot of factors that we do have control over, but we're not aware that they're being pressured mm -hmm. on us, right? Like, I don't remember, like, I literally, and I don't know if it's just me, but I literally do not remember when I was your age that I even cared about politics. Like, who cares? Like, I would be like, who's the president? Oh, I don't know. I'd have to look it up. Yeah. Like, I didn't care. Like, all I cared about mm -hmm. was three things, martial arts, music, and girls. Those are the three things that fueled me. Like I wanted to be a rock yeah. star. Um, and, you know, then I started my own business. So then I ran the business so that I could be a rock star and hang out with girls mm -hmm. and do martial arts. Right. Those were the reasons why. Like, yeah. so I, I realized long ago that there are certain things that made me happy and it had nothing to do with a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, it was always cool to have that nice, new, fast, cool car that, you know, girls liked and people envied. But then, like you said, once you have it for a few months, you're like, hey, I got a Corvette. Like, what else should I get? And then sometimes you get caught up and I need the new, mm -hmm. I got a Rolex. Okay. But I need that other new Rolex. So I have two yeah. Rolexes and 10 Rolexes. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. it just becomes an addiction to acquire, if that makes sense. Yeah. Right? An addiction and I, to acquire the newest, fanciest, shiny thing. Yeah. And I, and I think that's something that I experienced last year, right? I just started buying a bunch of stuff and now I'm like, I'm like this year, I'm not, I don't really need anything else. So it's like, mm -hmm. it's just, um, that's really not going to, the, it's like the way that you structure your life that's that's yeah. really what's going to make you happy so yeah if you like how do you want to spend your day right i know I, I don't know if you have this on your book i know you have something similar like what type of things you want to do all day right. like if you were to do this every, all day every day like what would you want to be doing what would you want to have delegated yeah like what would you want to be focusing on right pretty much so. well that's in my book so remember the i hate list and the i love list so we the i hate mm -hmm. list could be like long like you could literally sit at a computer and throw up all these i hates like when i would yeah. read my clients i hate some of them were ridiculous i hate i hate when the president does this and i hate when this one like things that they had absolutely no control over but the yeah. i love lists are all, always very small maybe a quarter of what the i i hate lists are but my point of writing them down is number one, the I hate list, you want to start to eliminate the things that you hate or delegate the things that you don't yeah. like, right? So that they're not on your plate anymore. It's quite simple. Like I, I'll give you a quick example. We're running out of time. So I'll talk faster than I normally talk. And I used to get very frustrated when people would comment on my technique videos on YouTube. Oh, yeah. that guy sucks. He moves like crap. He's an old man. He moves like a girl. This stuff would never mm -hmm. work. And I would try to respond and talk nicely and convince them otherwise. And then I realized like, that's what they did. They just were trash talkers. Right. So it would bother me. It would literally keep me up at night. It, and I would be like, oh man, I'm so frustrated. And, and even though I thought my mind was shutting off, I'd wake up in the middle of the night. I'd have bad dreams about this stuff. You know what I did? I disconnected comments on all my videos. 
So now yeah. no one can comment. They can thumb me up or thumb me down, which doesn't really hurt my feelings that much. Um, and uh, but they never could say all those mean things. And I just had a snap of a finger with the click of a button. I eliminated most of my stress in that particular category. So that's what yeah. you want to do with your I hate lists. You want to get rid of as much that you bother or delegate that bothers you. Get, get rid of it and delegate it. The I love list, though, let's say, you know, I love to cook. I enjoy making meals like I watch like Chef Bobby Flay, Beat Bobby Flay. And I learn from mm -hmm. what they're doing, even though I'm vegan. I'll go, I can make that meal into a vegan meal. And then I cook it for my family. I also like listening to jazz music and 80s metal. So yeah. now... I, I enhance my cooking by listening to the music while I'm cooking and making this great thing. So I'm taking those activities and I'm doing them more. The things that I love that make me happy, sometimes we have them, but we never get around to them, right? We never get a chance to do yeah. it. So I will take the time and make sure that I do the things that I love more so that I can experience happiness more. And it's just yeah. a simple conscious decision. Yeah, and I, and I think like, for me, it's, I'm not so, and, and Grant Cardone talked about this. Like if you don't want to optimize for happiness, like if you, if you were just wanted to be happy all the time, I mean, you can just, you know, <laughs> do drugs and play video games all day. Right. right. So that's, that's not really what's going to make you happy. I think productivity and uh, that that's really where you want to be. You want to be able to do things that you enjoy doing that are going to drive you and push you forward and, and increase the quality of your life. And that's going to give you fulfillment. And yeah. that that's really what you want to strive for. You don't want to just be like, oh, like I, I, I want to be no stress. Like there's no such thing as no stress with right. whatever you're doing. Right. Even if you're an employee, like you're an employee, yeah. you're still stressed out. Whether you're a business owner, you're still stressed out. So it's um you have to choose how you want to structure your yeah. life and, and really design your life and create that. Like for me, everything that I've done, it's it's been like planned out. Like you, you don't just get to a, a position where everything happens by accident right. so you, you want to like if you see all the successful people they have a very specific plan how they want to live their life what they wanted to do how much money they wanted to make so that that's definitely where people need to get themselves is just really design that and start working towards that yeah and you know what once you're aware of it you could start doing more of whatever that you like right and then you could mm -hmm. and once you realize how well that works you could really start to enhance your happiness but like you said before, like, you know, people could drink, do drugs. Those are all temporary mm -hmm. things, right? Like any kind of habits, like, you know, people are like in this in this day and age now, it's like gummies and, you know, any kind of marijuana related products that yeah. could numb your brain and wine. Women love wine, bottles and bottles of wine. And, <laughs> you know, that's all good, you know, but you have to be careful that you don't overdo it. Mm -hmm. You don't want to live a numbed life. You can have that same blissful type lifestyle and enjoy it just as much without all the other uh, fake, you know. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of whatever what word I would use, but all the different things that are not real, right? They're mm -hmm. made, they're enhanced by, you know, drugs and alcohol and, you know, that kind of stuff or yeah. bad habits. But yeah, um, I, yeah I think this was a good podcast. I, we had a lot of people on and I've got some good comments. I hope that everyone enjoyed it. And um, I hope that you had a good time as well. And, you know, I'm excited about the next one. I think we have a guest coming up. I'll keep you posted on that. So yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, we, we had some, some great things. And yeah, it was good. Good show. I really enjoyed it. I'm excited to be back on next week. Um, for those of you who are listening, uh, make sure to follow our Facebook group, More Shorts Marketing for School Owners. And then 
uh, yeah, if you need any marketing, go to leadhuntermedia.com and uh, we can chat and see how we can help you. Awesome. Okay, Gus, have a great day. Take care, everybody. Awesome. Great seeing you. If you're, uh, we're great talking about stuff. See you later. Awesome. Thank you Bye. all. See you next week. Thank you for watching another episode of the Martial Arts Marketing for School Owner podcast. This would not be possible without the help of our amazing sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Lead Hunter Media for all your digital marketing needs. Elite Insights, your premier website development company. If you have a vision, we will make it a reality. And taking it to the next level for all your martial arts school coaching needs.